All right, welcome into the Hardwick Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hardwick. This episode is brought to you by your friends at Lofta. Check them out at lofta.com. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I've been diagnosed with sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea, and my friends over at Lofta are taking very good care of me, and they're taking care of a bunch of my clients and a bunch of you guys. They are offering a free sleep test, which is usually $189. If you think you're having some issues with your sleep, get a sleep test. It's super easy. Use the code HARDWICK50 for 50% off, so saving you almost $100 on a super important component of your life, which is sleep. We spend hopefully up to about a third of our life sleeping, which allows us to really thrive in the other two-thirds. It's been a total game-changer for me. Getting good sleep, wearing the mask. It was a bit of a learning curve, adjusting to that, having it on my face, but now I crave it. Like, I can't wait to get to bed. I can't wait to put the mask on. My goodness, it has just completely changed the way that I feel when I wake up in the morning, the way that I don't have dips later in the day. I just feel really, really good. So if you have any signs or symptoms, excessive daytime sleepiness, mine's gone, loud snoring, also gone. Uh, spouse observes episodes of stop breathing only when we're on the road because that's the only time we sleep together. Abrupt awakenings accompanied by gasping or choking. Thankfully, I didn't have that. Mine is minor sleep apnea. I was having 12 episodes a night or 12 episodes per hour up to 10 seconds or more of stopping breathing. So obviously, we need to breathe. We need oxygen to our brain. We need it to our body to be able to restore it. And if you're not getting deep, meaningful sleep, you are not performing at your best. So get ahead of my friends at lofta.com. Use the code HARDWICK for that free sleep test, again, which is usually $189. So you're going to get it, sorry, HARDWICK50 for 50% off of that usual $189. And if you want to call, you can call 800-698-8000 and mention Nick Hardwick for 50% off. Okay. Joining us today on the show is my good buddy, Pat Dossett. Personally, he's a guy that I became friends with when I moved to San Diego through another friend of mine in the ROTC program at Purdue. I, some of you guys probably don't even realize I was an ROTC Marine on scholarship before I started playing football. Pat is a guy that's got so much more wisdom than the number of years that his age describes, although his age is catching up to it now. I've leaned on him so many times in the past. He introduced me to my friends at the Brain Treatment Center in San Diego using magnetic e-resonance therapy. Uh, I'm actually going to be speaking with Wave Neuroscience, which they've kind of morphed into. The technology behind that has morphed into. I'm going to speak with them at South by Southwest coming up in March. If you have any interest in going and seeing me, get ahead of me and I'll get you the link to get some tickets. So should be a super cool experience. Pat is He's an unbelievable guy. I mean, you're going to find out. He just, he is super, super cool. U.S. Naval Academy grad, basic underwater demolition, uh, SEAL team guy, uh, got out of his teams after, I think, nine years and went to the Wharton School of Business, got his MBA, went to work for Google for a little while, and then started a company with a guy named Blake Mykoski, who uh, owns and started, founded Tans, the shoe company. And so Patty is just unbelievable, and that company is named Made For, and originally it was a program, we're going to talk about it, but I think it's morphed into the a book called The Made For Method, M-A-D-E-F-O-R, if you want to follow them online, or get made for M-A-D-E-F-O-R.com. Uh, so really cool stuff, and I believe this book, 
he posted something about it the other day, but I, I think it went to number one in diet books in the country, which is awesome. So it's a step-by-step guide designed by world-renowned experts to help you get better at being your best. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. Thanks for being with us. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm so good. Life is great. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. We live in Indiana. It is 40 and raining. It has been the mildest winter, like in the history of Indiana. So right. we sport, there's global warming. Where hey, if global warming is the thing, then we are in the right spot for it. <laughs> like right in the middle of the continent. Oh man, I love it. I love it. So if, if anything goes wrong, then uh, we're where we need to be. Kids are great, dude. They're 11 and 9 now, Hudson and Teddy. Uh, football and lacrosse guys. Uh, Hudson's a quarterback in football. Teddy's a receiver, a tight end. So that works out really well. He goes and plays fetch for his brother all the time. That's amazing. Uh, lacrosse, Hudson is a defender, and Teddy is a midfielder. So Teddy's Teddy's pretty quick. Yeah. He's, Pretty athletic, yeah. He moves very well. Hudson's a little. He got it. So, Teddy got his mom's jeans, and Hudson's got his dad's jeans. <laughs> I don't know if Jamie were a football player. I think she would be a center too. She's just. I mean that in a bad way. She's just. She's not the fastest, but man, she is super. Uh, she's strong and she's very sturdy, and yeah, she's uh, she's competitive as hell. God, she's still competing, man. Like she does. She's still doing. She plays tennis five, six days a week. She plays soccer twice a week still. Like, she thrives on competition. I don't I don't know about you. I got it all out of me. Like, I like, I like to compete myself, but I don't really like to compete with everybody else. I'm with you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about anyone else. I'm just like, it's all internal now. That's it, right? Yeah, just... Yeah. I, I think what I figured out was that because she... I'm sure she has this figured out, too, but she doesn't care is that the competition was like the, the competition, the perceived competition, the team, the opponent, the whatever, that was just a conduit to get me better at what I'm trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, um, you know, when I've figured that out, and that was kind of wrestling really helped, and then football and getting the team component out of it, and then you kind of move past that, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't have an itch to like go fight anybody anymore. And I just, but I do constantly have an itch to improve. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That, I, that, that, that resonates. Um, yeah, that resonates. How's everyone on your end? How's Kim? Everyone, How's Kim? Everyone's good. Kim's exhausted. Um, uh, <laughs> but she's great. Uh, she's great. And the, key, the kids are fucking, they're amazing. Rebel and Sailor are three and a half and um, they're fucking just crazy and wild and, you know, completely on their own program and we just try to manage them. We can't really contain them, which is, I think it's awesome. And, uh, and Rowdy is about to turn two and he is, he's the best. He's so much fun. This is his sister. Oh yeah. Yeah. He wants to be like, he, he leads with his head. He wants to be involved in everything. Uh, his sisters tolerate him about 5% of the time, but he's like the happiest kid. And for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know if I had never seen this before a kid, but like since the, since he was, maybe six months old, he could snap and he loves, he loves snapping. And so like, he'll sit there and like, you'll be in a room and like, you'll look over at him and he's got like this smile on his face and he's just like rocking and like snapping and I like singing a song and, and it like singing his all like badly song. And it's like, 
Yeah, this kid is fucking on his own program. It's awesome. Do you guys play a lot of music at the house? Yeah, we do. We do like a lot of dance parties. He, um, it's so funny. I don't know why the the um, I'm gonna find this song because I think it's just hilarious. Like it must have been the first time we did a dance party with him. It's there's this um, there's this song by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis called like Can't Hold Us. Uh, that's like this. You would know it. You would know it. I don't know if you did war, but um. It's this fucking like kind of like rap dance song or whatever, and like that. If he's not, if he's, if we're not playing that song, he gets pissed off because like whenever he's a dance party, like that's a song he wants to hear. And he's like, yeah, he's like, put the fucking song on. You know what I want to hear? Like, Patrick <laughs> it. Oh, man. Do it all. Do it up. That's all ready. Let's do this. Everything else is just a hammer until that song comes on. That's it. That's it. Everything else is is noise and a distraction. And yeah, man. dude, that is super cool. Everything else. How's everything else going? It's good, man. And he, uh, you know, it's been navigating this um, transition with Made For, but excited about the way that it's ended up. And super stoked to put this book together. Uh, it's it's been it's been wild um, putting it together. It's it's one of those things that I realized like there's no way we could have done this five years ago. So like the the book is all of the Made For program, but then it's like the learnings from serving these serve 20,000 people with eight in 65 countries. So the learnings from like how to actually coach and serve people and where, where to focus their attention in there, there's like member testimonials and videos and interviews that I've done with, you know, all these experts and it's just like a lot of great stuff, but collectively it's like, it's this, it's this, um, it's just, it's this thing that just works really, really well. And so like, if we hadn't gone through the last five and a half years of building and serving and going through all these iterations of like, how do you get people to do the work and get into action? We couldn't have put this book together. And so now that we've been able to, to package it and get it out there, it just feels really good. You just, you realize it's the first time you kind of pause, you look at it and you're like, oh shit, we've actually done a lot of like, we've done a lot of work here. Um, and it, it's cool to be able to share it. And now, you know, the made for the business in terms of shipping the kits and all that, it's just, wasn't a great business, too expensive, and um, and so that that part is winding down. But I'm I'm proud and excited that the program is going to live on through this book, and eventually I'm sure we'll do a hard book or, or whatnot, uh, hard 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 cover. But to know that all of our work is going to be out there in perpetuity, or at least as long as Amazon's a thing, uh, is exciting. Continue to reach people and serve them, and that's that. I think it's super cool, and I I think I love the lesson that you took from there is that you couldn't have done this five years ago. So wouldn't no it be nice if we could all just shortcut everything and be like, oh, I found the hack to get to this, to get to yeah. you know, writing the book, but the book wouldn't have been complete. So all of the work that you did led to this. And then all of the work that you're going to do with this is going to inevitably lead to a greater amount of knowledge that you're going to acquire that will then lead to something else. So I think it's, I think it's really awesome. I think it's super fantastic. And I know having been on the other end of the made for program, just the quality of it was super tremendous. So that is the real challenge. Cause I do health coaching and help people lose weight and get them into fitness and trying to eat nutrition. And how do you get people to do the thing that they've signed up to do, which is, isn't that just the craziest concept? It's like, you're paying for this. Why are you not using it? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred, hundred percent. Are we, are we doing it? Are we, or you're a pro. Are we? Have we started? Are we? Is this the? Are we doing this right now? We're starting, dude. We're starting. Are we okay. All right. All right. Oh, we we started. Just kidding. Yeah. I mean, well, but it was uh, we use that term very loosely. 
<laughs> well, um, so yeah, how do we how do we get people to do this thing? I think that is um, it's the million dollar question. It's what it's what everyone's trying to figure out. And what I have found, and I I, I know you know you and I have talked a lot about this, is that at the end of the day, the motivation has got to be internal, right? This you know, how do you help someone develop? cultivate intrinsic motivation and, uh, and figure out what is the thing that they care about that they want to achieve that is um, is is central to who they are and if they're able to achieve that why is it going to improve their life and why is it going to improve the, the lives of those around them and so when you can direct someone back to like you know what is it that you care about and like let's show a path for you and let's help you understand how the work that you're going to do is going to help you move closer in line with that direction like that's it, right? It can't be about, hey, I gotta have I gotta have Nick show up at my doorstep every day and bang on the door and tell me to get up and, you know, move my body and do these things. Like it's just, you know, that'll work for a short period of time, but at some point, like they're gonna move and they're gonna say, I don't wanna hear Nick banging on my door. Like that the external cueing is is not enough. It's incomplete. And so I think you have to have clarity of purpose and intention and like what is the thing that you care about. And and oftentimes, you know, what I've seen is that People get so fixated on the superficial stuff. They think like, hey, I've got to lose 10 pounds or I've got to look this way or I've got to have make this much money or I've got to have this external metric of success um, that they've lost sight of like, what what's underneath that? Like at your core, what is it that you're trying to change or that you're trying to address? Um, and that's, um, if you could help someone see that and then help them cultivate, you know, I think a bias for action and a recognition of, you know, how do you enjoy the process, right? This can't be an, an end state focused deal. Like, hey, I'm only successful if I make it to the Super Bowl or I'm only successful if I do this operation or I'm only successful if I lose 50 pounds. It's like, can you find a way to reward the journey and to make the journey the destination? I think like, that's it. And if you can do that, then um, then everything is downstream of that. Everything works better. Um, you know, we live life one day at a time and, and you know, you you were a perfect embodiment of this. It's like tomorrow is not guaranteed. Next year is not guaranteed. So like, how do I want to show up today? And how can I show up to a day in a way that makes today worthwhile and makes, leaves me feeling better, leaves those I care about feeling better. If I do that, uh, then tomorrow will come and we'll see what happens. And life gets a vote, I like to say. It's such an interesting conundrum for me is, you know, people are coming in and they want results, right? But you're asking them, to, and I, I try to get this message out in a different way is let's not look at the scoreboard. Let's be proud of our work that we do. And you're asking, you're asking them to identify deeply with what is their driving force? What is their why? I like to put it, what is your identity? Like, or what do I rather want my identity to be? That way, all of my decisions then align with that. Because I just feel like once you get that ass sorted out and you... And it's, it's this really interesting place where when you come to terms with where you're at and are content with where you're at, but still want to work, right? Like it's a really hard line to toe is that I'm very content with who I am right now, but it doesn't mean that I don't want to make improvements in my life. So I, I, but I do find like the people that have the most success are just content doing the work day after day after day after day and not really looking up too much at the scoreboard and seeing where they're at in relation to everybody else they're only concerned with where they were before yeah yeah i think it's 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 such a good point and and, and you're right like I, 
I, I view very much you have to get to identity and you've got to get, you know, what's underneath the hood and what matters to you. But it's, it's interesting at, at made forward through the, the made for method, we don't actually get to that to the very end. And in fact, what we start with is like, what do you want to get out of this? Like, what is your, what is that intention 10 months time or a year's time? Like if you're able to change this thing about the way that you're showing up for yourself, um, why is it inspiring to you? And if you realize that, what, what positive comes from that? So we start with something very simple and then we focus their attention on this, maybe the simplest act of all, something we all do every day that um, uh, makes a difference for how we're able to show up physically and mentally for ourselves is just drinking water. And so, uh, you know, we focus on these very foundational practices, but we use these foundational practices and the science behind them to get people to cultivate a bias for action, to get them to um, recognize that they have this ability to be their own best guide, that there's not one way that... Um, they have to figure out what works best for them. Uh, and then over the course of that, they, you know, you start to shape someone's mindset in a way that helps them start to understand, oh, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I value. This is what my identity is. This is the bigger questions that I want to answer and what I want to move towards. And so, um, you know, it's I think it's all of that stuff is so important. But I, I think for most of us, we can't start there. We just have to like Dude, just tell me what to do. Like, let me get let me get started and just like, yes. like make this simple for me. And I think I think simple practices are are oftentimes overlooked, but that is the most powerful thing that someone can do. Yeah, I I do. I like to start people where they are. Like, meet you where you are. So you don't want to start somebody too simple who's got those basics nailed. But on the other hand, like we don't want to start you too fast where you're just drinking through a fire hose and it overwhelms you and you feel completely frustrated. I guess. The way that I would look at it is kind of like when I look at athletics, when I look at my kids playing specifically in youth sports, you don't want to match a kid who is highly competitive, highly skilled with a kid who's not highly competitive or highly skilled or has a lot of talent because both of them are going to reach incredible levels of frustration because they're not matched appropriately. And I... I love what you were talking about as the water. Like that is, it's the easiest thing that I, I assign, like I get it through my program. I get to assign goals and habits and everything. And one of the habits is, you know, drink a certain amount of water every day. And I just, I do it before meals because I, some people don't like to carry water around. So fine. Like, however you do it, I don't really care how you get it done, but let's drink a certain amount of water every day. And you'd be amazed at how many people are like, I didn't drink, I don't drink enough water. Like zero out of 15 days that I drink enough water. And I'm like, we need to be more conscious. Like, and that's really what you're tapping into is just the awareness about your choices and decisions that you're making on a daily basis that overall, like we're talking about water, but when you focus on water, then all of a sudden you're going to focus on everything that you're putting in your mouth. That, that, that's it. And it's such a, uh, it's so fun to see the light bulb go off for people. You know, I, I built this program, uh, alongside our, our friend, uh, Andrew Huberin, um, obviously, you know, very smart guy, understands the brain, understands, um, uh, understands so much. But one of the things that was really interesting for us is you look at what happens when you direct someone's attention to a small thing that you do every day. It's like, all right, I'm bringing my attention to this this act of just drinking water and and I'm creating some awareness with how much water am I drinking and how am I feeling at the end of the day, right? And what happens is people start drinking more water and they feel the beneficial effects of that. But what also happens is 
oh, wow, I'm, now I'm paying attention to this thing. Now I'm also paying attention to like, how's my body position throughout the day? Or like, how, you know, how can I move a little bit more? Or like, wow, there's all these areas of my life where I was just on autopilot, where I was moving through the day on inertia, not because I had agency or was outwitting of what was going on. It's just like the light bulb kind of goes off to me like, oh my God, like, wow. And it's so cool when that happens because now, now you start to see like, all right, hey, let's work with this and let's use this awareness now. And like, let's start looking at some other different things that you can be doing, you know, it's powerful. I love the the concept of having agency over your decisions because yeah. we make a crazy amount of decisions every day. With food choices alone, we're in the hundreds. People, when you survey people, like if I speak in front of a crowd or something, you're like people. Most people think like I probably make like 15 choices a day, but the reality is you're making hundreds of decisions just on food every single day. That doesn't factor in all the decisions you had to make on what clothes do I have to wear. What about the important decisions like when it comes to work or when it comes to my spouse or my family or like how am I going to react in this situation? So a lot of times when it comes to decisions, like I feel like we run out of willpower to make the decisions that we have to because we're making decisions all over the place. Do you guys address like decisions and, and maybe a draining effect that goes throughout the day as, as far as decisions go? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's such an important to, important point to acknowledge that decision fatigue is a real thing, right? Decision and so if you're, fatigue, yes. yeah, and so if you're if you're constantly having to to bear a cognitive load and make decisions, then over time it you just um, you get fatigued and you start making maybe poor decisions. Or I, I always frame it in the terms of like you know there's there's inertia and there's momentum. Inertia is like hey, I'm just I'm getting pulled through my day and I don't. I'm just kind of going and I'm not really present to that. Momentum is I'm proactively taking steps to go in a different direction. And when you build momentum, it can be a very positive force for you. Um, we talk about, we certainly talk about decision fatigue. The other thing we talk about is this, this idea of attention restoration. And so if you are focused on something, be it decisions or, um, you know, maybe a work meeting or a project or whatever, and you're Hey guys, pardon the interruption here. Just wanted to let you know that if you are interested in finding your fitness, finding your health, perhaps losing some weight, I am very good at doing that. I don't like to promote it. I don't like to tell people how great I am at something, but I am pretty good at helping people lose weight in a very safe, efficient, and effective manner. And I've helped hundreds of clients over the last several years. It's my passion. I wake up every morning thinking about it. I go to bed every night thinking about it. I don't really take vacations from thinking about it because it's just what I love. I love the body. I love how it works. And I love staying up to date on current research and science and all the fun things. So then answering questions, myth busting a lot, and really putting you into a plan to help develop the habits that are going to put you on autopilot for a healthy life for the rest of your life. So we really want to build those habits strong and give you something that you can repeat as frequently as possible. And that way you will effortlessly attain a healthy body that performs well, that feels well, and that at the end of the day looks reasonably well. But first off, we want to perform well, we want to feel well, and then we want to look well. All right, guys. Uh, so if you have any questions, if you want any help, if you want a consultation, trainlikealignment.com. That's trainlikealignment.com. Fill out the form and I will get back to you as soon as I can. And we'll set up a time to have a little conversation. All right. Thank you much.
back to the show. You're focusing a lot of attention or you've got your phone in front of you and you're focused your attention on your social media screens or you're like you're zeroed in. You only have so much attention that you can give. And so at some point you have to restore that attention. And what oftentimes a lot of people do is they think, well, hey, at the end of the day, I just need to relax and turn off my brain. And so I'm going to turn on the TV and I'm just going to binge watch something. But what's actually going on there is like you're still having to focus your attention on one thing and um, it is actually not restorative for you. And so a better thing to do is there's this whole field called attention restoration theory, which is like go outside for five minutes and find a horizon or go just stare at the clouds and and have this what they call like a soft gaze, just allowing your aperture to open up and allow your attention to get restored. And you can feel yourself almost in real time getting recharged. And so you come out of that, you're able to make better decisions. You're able to focus on the things and tend to the things you care about. And again, it's such a simple thing. And, and what I really love about everything that we talk about is like, these are all things that are within your control, right? There's, there's not something that I have to get outside of myself um, that I have to buy or that I have to get someone else to do for me to do. These are small levers throughout your day that you can pull that have immediate effects on you. And um, again, building agency over your health, mental and physical and otherwise. So, I love that. I've actually never heard of that concept, attention restoration. That's yeah. super cool. I ask a lot of clients, like, when do they struggle? When do they stress eat? When do they find themselves standing in the pantry? And, you know, a lot of people are working from home now still and totally fine. The world's just shifted. But we have to understand that it's in different confines. Like, we have to adjust the way that we interact. And so, like, that attention deal, I would always find a lot of people would get off of a sales call or get off of a meeting with their company and they would be a little bit stressed out. And so what's the first thing you do when you're stressed when you go to the pantry and you eat? And for me, it was always like, well, can we find something instead of going to the pantry and eating because like we're a little bit drained and we're tired of focusing in, is there something that we can do that we can get us out of breaking that? So we got to break that cycle of off the phone to the pantry, off the phone to the pantry. You do that three times a day. Now, all of a sudden, you've added 500 calories to your life. You've added a pound per week, and nobody's trying to do that. So I love the concept of going outside and widening the aperture. That's fantastic. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing, and it uh, again, it, it's a lot of these things sound so simple and dull, but when you do it and you actually take a moment to feel it, you're like, oh, wow. That's powerful. That's way more powerful than any drug I can take or anything that, you know, anything I can find in my pantry. And, you know, the, um, I know you're familiar with Duhigg's work and he talks about this idea of cue, uh, routine, reward. So there's a cue and, and maybe that cue is like, again, I'm meeting and I'm tired. And so my routine is I go to my pantry and I just grab what's there. And the, the reward is I get like the salty spike or whatever the thing is. So what you're talking about is like, the cue is maybe doesn't change. The cue is, hey, I come out and it's meeting and I'm tired or every afternoon about this time, like I go, I have this routine that maybe is not serving me well. Can you just insert a little micro routine in there or like a pregnant pause that go outside for a minute, drink a glass of water, do insert something else that follows that cue and then see how you feel. And if you still feel hungry, like by all means, go have a snack. But at least by inserting that pause, you have a little bit more agency over the thing that you're going to do next and ultimately over the outcomes. Ideally, you want outcomes that are in line with where you want to go. Um, I love that. And I love the reflection afterwards. Just see how you feel. Because, hey, maybe you really legitimately are hungry. 
Okay. Yeah. Go grab a bite to eat. I would yeah. just encourage you to put some protein with it if you're going to grab a snack. Put 30 grams of protein in there, add an extra 120 calories on the front end, and maybe you'll save yourself 300 calories on the back end. But I love that, and I, I love the what I what I wish people would understand about the Q habit reward is that it's far easier to replace the habit than it is to outright destroy the habit. Because the cue is always going to be there unless you move, move cities, move houses, change offices. You know, that's when we find ourselves not doing a lot of the things that we do habitually is when we're on vacation because, hey, we're in a completely different routine and a different paradigm. So, you know, when you are stuck in your habit, it's nice to have those pregnant pauses to reflect. And that seems to be the first thing is like, oh, I'm actually doing this. And I, I was not intending to do this. So it's now I'll have that pause. Let me reflect. What can I find that will I could insert in there that will be a more suitable habit for my goals? That's it. That's and, it. And, and then if I still want to go back to the old one on occasion, hey, maybe I'll dip in there. But I just find habits are, I don't know, for me, like habits are incredibly easy to form and they're more difficult to break. Absolutely. And I, and I think... Um... There's a lot that's been said about, you know, how to form new habits and how to break habits. And, um, and there's a mountain of research around that. But I, I think what I have found is that it's almost if you can fixate less on the negative habit and instead, and this is our, our whole program is designed, like figure out what are those positive things that you could be in pursuit of that when you reflect on them, you recognize, hey, I could do this small thing and I feel good uh, when I do it. And then allow those small steps in that positive direction to almost supplant or overtake. And so it's less like, hey, if I have to worry about, um, if I have a model of avoidance or I've got to, with, you know, stop doing these things or I got to avoid all these bad habits, that could be incredibly exhausting. And I would, I would argue that um, in the end, it doesn't really work very well. But if instead you can orient towards like, oh, what are the small things that I could do? These small steps I could take that leave me feeling good. Maybe it's you know, having a little bit of protein in the morning. Oh, I, I feel really good about that. Or it's getting outside for five minutes or it's having a bottle of water. Like all again, these things that you have control over, you have agency and I'm going to have a bias for action around these and they feel good. And over time, those are going to become your new foundation. And not only a foundation of habits, but also a foundation for just your mindset that you're bringing to challenges and to life and everything. I think that, you know, I'm above all else, I think mindset is, is something that, I always come back to, I think is that that thing that maybe matters more than anything else. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I could talk all day about that, but it's, uh, if, if I could, if I could share one story that it's interesting, I, so someone just reached out to me a few days ago that went through May for a couple of years ago. Now she went through in 2020 and, uh, she reached out and said, Hey, you know, I, I, I did made for 2020. Um, and she said, I, I learned, learned a lot in the program, but it wasn't until a year after the program ended that I realized how much it had transformed my life. And so she said, you know, we have a, we have a month that focuses on connection and how important connection is and the science around that. But one of the vignettes that we talk about that month is this idea that teammates don't ask, they act. And so it's this model of being, if like you're on a real team with teammates and certainly in the, in the SEAL teams where I come from, this is, this is what makes our community special. It's this idea that a great teammate doesn't ask another teammate if they need help. They understand the needs of their teammates and they just 
they act, they get in service and they're like, I'm picking up your bag or I'm doing this thing or I'm bringing you food or I'm showing up or I'm writing you this note. I'm just like, I'm cultivating a bias for action and serving the relationships that I that I have because I recognize that um, it's going to make you better. It's going to make me better in the process. And so we, we go really deep on this, having a bias for action for acting, not asking to be a better teammate, not only to yourself, but to those in your life. And so she said, you know, an hour, a year after finishing the program, I had this aha moment where like, wow, that has just become a part of how I show up now. And then she's like, she's like, and then I realized, well, I actually internalized all of these lessons and it's changed the way that I've moved through the world and it's made all the difference. And so you hear something like that, it's like, all right, you know, it's uh, it's cool. Like the person sees how their mindset has shifted and everything else is downstream of that, which I think is incredibly positive. The thing that I think was awesome about the program was that it was stretched out over time. So it gave people the ability to practice modularly. That was a really clunky word to say. <laughs> it, 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 so over the, over the course of a month, I'm going to practice getting better drinking water. Then I'm going to reflect. And over the course of, you know, several weeks, then I'm going to do another. So that, I, th I guess that when, uh, when I think about putting it into a book, the thing that I guess I do. You know, I don't know how you address this in the book, and maybe you do. And I'm going to get it and read it because I know it's going to be just filled with the best research, the best researchers, incredibly thoughtful. Like, how can you get people to not read the book and then go, "Yep, got it"? Because how many times you do that with a book where it could be an incredibly actionable book if you did it, if you digested it more slowly. Yeah. And, and you took your time reading it and implementing certain things like James Clear's Atomic Habits, like fantastic book, but you read it and you're like, oh yeah, I got it. But well, like, yeah. did you, what did you implement out of that? Well, nothing. I just, <laughs> I read it and, oh, or even better, I listened to it over three hours on dinner time and I basically got, you know, what it was yeah. getting out of it. It's like, you didn't get anything out of it. So I'm like, is there a plan with the book form? to help people understand that you need to consume this almost rather slowly. So those changes do happen. Like the lady who took it and then a year later, she's like, well, this all resonated, but I didn't even realize it was happening because real change is gradual. Like yeah. lasting change is slow. Yeah. No, uh, it's, I mean, this, I mean, this is it. This is, this is what it's all about. It, the, I would say that the made for method, the, the book that, that we just put out is the only book that I know of that's designed to be read over the course of a year. So this book is not designed for you to like power through it on a weekend or a flight and say like, Hey, I got it. And like, I'm going to go use all these hacks now. And like, my life's going to change. Like, that's not how this book works. It's, it's been, it's been constructed and designed alongside a lot of amazing uh, experts, people far smarter than, than I am um, to guide you over the course of a year. And we do focus on one thing at a time. So every month you're going to focus on one foundational practice. And we do that for very specific reasons. So I mentioned Dr. Andrew Hoopman earlier. Andrew is a neuroscientist. One of the things that he studies is this, the phenomenon of neuroplasticity. So our ability to self-direct brain change um, over the course of our life. And so our brains can change over our entire lifetimes, but past the age of 25, there are really two models for brain change. One is a short, intense experience, positive or negative. So birth of a child, car accident, food poisoning, uh, maybe winning a Super Bowl, um, being in combat, like you name it. You can have a small experience and that can fundamentally rewire your brain. 
and the way that you experience the world thereafter. Um, so that's one model of brain change. But that is the exception. That's not the norm. And so the norm is where most of the opportunity is, is in the small efforts that you can engage with attention and awareness around, I do this thing, it has this effect. And can I reinforce that effect and have a sustained drumbeat or cadence of action over time? And so that is how the made-for model is, is or the made-for method is uh, designed. And it's why we why we do what we do. Again, people are building better habits to the program. They're building a, a better foundation for physical mental health, but what they're really doing is over the course of a year, rewiring your brain so that you can get better at being your best. Um, so, you know, and people get so fixated on like, Hey, I got to have like a, a perfect morning routine. Like what's my checklist of things that I have to do? Like that's not, that's not what we're about. There's no like checklist at the end of this program of 10 things you have to do every day to be your best, but rather like, can we just get you to a place where you're moving through your day better? Um, and that's, that's what it's all about for us. So gratitude, right? Like waking up with, a, with an appreciative mindset, like just overall, like you talked about being positive. Yeah. Just really good outlook on the day. will make your choices easier because it's not as if you have to do anything, you get the opportunity to live this wonderful life. And if you can just wake up every day and, and I know this is like, there's a, a point of gratitude in there for you guys. And like, I love that component because in a first you're like, that is so woo woo. <laughs> but the longer I do it, right. But the longer I do this, the more that I realize that if people could just wake up grateful for the bodies that they're in, then they make better decisions because they really love themselves. You know, like, I, I really love my body. I love what it's capable of doing. I don't really give a crap what it looks like. Like, I'm just happy that I can throw some weight around, that I can walk with my wife, that I can play with my kids. They think I'm cool enough. You know, it's like, it's not about being a fitness model or anything like that. It's just, like, wake up, appreciate what you can do, and find ways to express that gratitude through doing them what it's doing. That's it's it. like, it's just wake up thankful. That's it. Well, and, you know, it's... You know, something that I've just I've gotten so appreciative over, and we've we've worked with about twenty thousand people to date, and really runs a gamut seventeen to ninety two years of age. Wow, is the is the spread? But the thing that I have just such deep empathy for is that everyone is dealing with something, right? Everyone is everyone has some struggle that they're trying to navigate, and so I've worked with people that um, are right out of prison. I've worked with judges, worked with athletes, worked with um, the people that have terminal cancer diagnosis or that have recently lost loved ones or divorced or new children like you name it, someone's dealing with something. And so um, at the end of the day, you know, this is very much like doing a military operation. Like you don't get to decide the environment that you go into, right? We have to, life gets a vote. We're, we're confronted with this environment and we have to figure out how are we best going to navigate it to move towards the thing that we care about or accomplish the thing that we care about or, or to live the best life that we have. And that doesn't matter if you're 92 years of age or if you're 17 years of age, like the opportunity is here now. The environment is what it is. How do you want to navigate it? How can you get better at navigating in a way that's like sustainable and authentic to you? And so um, I say that because you know, hear something like gratitude and you're like, oh God, not gratitude again. Like I hear this all the time. But for me, when I think of gratitude, it's not it's not about cards and it's not about holidays. It's about what is that mindset that if you can 
build circuitry around it allows you to have an orientation to recognize, celebrate the good. And it doesn't mean that every day is a sunny day and that like you feel um, every day you wake up feeling you know amazing in this body, but it does it does mean that no matter what you're facing, you can find a way to find something to grab onto and recognize like, oh, this is good. And let me celebrate that because if I do that, then I'm going to get better at doing that. And over time, that just builds resilience. I mean, I would I would argue that for SEALs, like this is the defining characteristic of a SEAL is like having, you know, a really deep um, internalized orientation to recognize and celebrate the good no matter what you're facing, right? And so when you start to think about gratitude as a mindset and as an opportunity that you can build in small ways and the more you build it, just like any other muscle, the bigger it gets and the more capable you are, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, okay, yeah, that is worth my time. It's worth my effort and attention. And um, it, it fires me up. And when you see people dismissive at first and then they get into it and they're like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. It's like, it's a game changer. Everything changes. I, I love the point of like, this is what makes a seal. And I think if, I think when I when I would put my mind around that, obviously have no idea what you've been through, have talked to you, stories, all the things. But when you make it through those things and you get to look back at them and you realize that some of your moments of the most intense struggle were the places where you learn the fastest, where you grew the most. And then the next time you face adversity, you realize this is a super cool opportunity in the making. But you have to have the confidence that you're going to be able to get through this. And so if you can, I guess, reflect back on all that you've been through, regardless of former football player, Navy SEAL, whatever you've been through, you've been through a lot, and you've made it to this place. And so you've got the opportunity to reflect back and look at those moments of pain and, and realize what they were, but also realize like those were some incredible opportunities that I could launch from. And I did most likely launch from, and I learned a ton from, and I realized I'm not going down. I don't have to use those moments as something that's holding me back because the reality is you most likely grew from those intense experiences. You know, the, the moments on the field that I learned the most from were the most embarrassing moments, you know, bad snaps and big games on national television or injuries that set me back that helped me realize that Oh, life is going to go on without you. This game's going to go on without you. And then at one point, you know, it was like the injury was a, a symbol for me for death. It's like, oh, I will also die one day. And then the world will continue to turn. No kidding. Like how powerful for a 25-year-old to realize that the world will go on without him. Yeah. And it doesn't stop with you. And it didn't start with you. So those learning moments were wildly intense and now every time i'm in a big struggle i'm just it eases my tension knowing that this is what made me yeah it's it's a, it's such a, it's it's amazing um such an amazing thing to think that you know our scars make us and that our experience is like life only gets richer because we only have more to draw on and to derive meaning from and so whether you know whether you're doing something done hard things in the past or you're engaged in a hard thing this I, this idea of recognizing that like that struggle isn't a sign of your inability to achieve. It is a sign of what it feels like to grow and to get forged. And so 
you can you can re- if you can recognize that in real time and Carol Dweck talks about this growth mindset and the field around this, but just recognizing that like that friction and that struggle is what progress feels like and celebrate that and reward that, it it it's a game changer. And then at the on the other side of it, it's like, look, you're gonna do things that you're gonna fail and you're gonna fall short and you're gonna miss. And like we everyone has regrets, but if you can look back on those regrets and use them as opportunities to get almost as like opportunities for clarification on what is it that you value and allow it to bring you even closer and in a more visceral way to, hey, what is your identity? What do you value? How do you show up? How do you respond? Um, those very things that you know may be at some point viewed as like low points in your life or failures can actually be the thing that um, that allows you to step up and step into a life in a way that um, you couldn't otherwise. And so I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's such a good point. I'm glad you raised it. Because I told you we're going to keep you only 30 minutes and we're beyond that. Give me the last question. Give me some things you use in your daily routine yeah. that help you manage some of that decision fatigue so you can continue to make better decisions throughout the day as it gets longer, the weeks get long and the months get long. Um, the first thing I do when I wake up every morning is I drink a bottle of water. Um, and it sounds like such a dull thing, but I know sometimes I sit with my mouth open and, uh, you know, I'm dehydrated and it's, it's, I know my body needs it, but it's, it's part about just having better hydration, but it's, it's more so about like, what is that first action that I can take that is an active service, like me being a better teammate to myself. And I know, uh, before I do anything, I'm going to take this bottle of water. I don't have to think about it now. It's just a part of my routine. Uh, it's my my morning water, my ritual, and and then I'm off on to the next thing. So I'd say that is the thing that when I wake up, it gets me off my heels and leaning forward into the day. So um, and and I think it, it compounds from there. And so bottle of water first thing in the morning. I'd say two. Um, you know, is this? I try to take. I, I try to take a few minutes every day where I just lay down on the floor, literally I lay down on the floor and breathe, um, not with any specific intention in mind. It's not meditation, but really just to feel my full expression of my diaphragm. So like full range of motion of my diaphragm and full breaths and just well allow that. And sometimes I lay there for two minutes, sometimes it's 10 minutes, but allowing that full range of motion of my diaphragm um, and breathing allows me to center myself and just check back in with my body. Like, what does my body need right now? Do I need to go move? Do I need to go get outside? Do I need my more water? Do I need to go check in with my kids? Like something about that check-in um, allows me to find opportunities and how to be, again, a better teammate to myself the rest of the day. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is like, Look, there is a time that's sacred for me when I when I shut down and work is over and I go plug in with my family. I turn off my devices. I don't keep I, there's nothing there except me and my children and my wife and being fully present to that. And um and it is it is the most precious time of my day. It's time that I won't get back. I've got, you know, three young kids and you've got, you know, two young kids as well. And so um just recognizing how precious that opportunity is and uh, be present for it. And uh, I've never regret any time uh, that I've done that. So those are just a couple of things that I do that um, 
I, I get a ton of value in. It's perfect. I need to start doing that. That last one, I need to start doing. I do lay down during the day. And that was, thanks to Andrew Huberman, that was his yoga nidra script. So I do a lot of the yoga nidra scripting, the, the 10 minutes or the 30 minutes. And depending on how much time I have, and it changes everything. Like, it's fit. total game changer. So, yeah. And I do need to start doing that as, like, work's done. Nothing needs me except my family. And I love the idea of how can I be a better teammate to myself with the water? That's cool. Like I'm being a good teammate to myself. Like I'm, I'm taking care of myself, taking care of my body's needs. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, you know, if, if we could all have a, a coach Nick inside our heads, like cheering us on all the time, like, or that would be the most amazing thing in the world, right? Like it would, everyone want, everyone has this person in their life. They recognize at some point, like it's a teacher or a coach or a family member that like, has just been nothing but uh, inspiring or helpful. And like, why wouldn't you want to be that person for yourself, right? And so can you find ways to be a better teammate for yourself? And I think if you can do that in small ways, you can do it in big ways and and all that stuff adds up. So even something as simple as water, but yeah. Brother, hey, I'm going to get on a plane, fly across the country, go celebrate a coach of yours. So best, Jim, best matches. That's super cool. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Jim McDally, uh, longtime boxing coach, the Naval Academy is my boxing coach. We're going back for uh, the brigade finals and uh, celebrate his retirement. And so fired up for that. Well, enjoy, and I hope a bunch of your buddies are there, and you guys have a tremendous weekend or however long you're going to be celebrating. I hope it's just awesome. Thanks, brother. I appreciate appreciate the opportunity to come on. It's always you know we've been friends for a long time, so it's it's great to see you. Um, it's great to be on, and uh, yeah, if people are listening. You know. Go check out her book. It's on Amazon, The Made For Method. Um, it is it is unique. It's the only book meant to be read over the course of a year. There's about 25 hours of video uh, in there with leading experts and Andrew and uh, myself kind of guide you through this uh, this 10-month program, and it will change your life if you're willing to do the work. So, Awesome, and give it to me, early success. You've, you've had a ton of early success, correct? Yeah, we. It, it's been a while. I did not. I did not anticipate, or nor did I expect, well, it was the same thing. I never set out to write a diet or weight loss book, but for whatever reason, we're trending as like the top diet weight loss book in Amazon right now. And the thing that's ironic about that is that uh, diet weight loss is never a goal of the program. We've had, you know, thousands of members say they've lost weight on it, and we've never really focused on that. And so I think, again, it's a testament to what's upstream of these symptoms that we think we need to address, right? It's, you know, mindset and be a better teammate to ourselves and extend ourselves grace and having a bias for action and uh, you know, orientation to celebrate the good, all of these things that we work on, um, you work on those and then good stuff flows from that. So whether you're an individual or you're a coach and you want, you know, something to, to help your clients help themselves, uh, it's just, it's a great resource and we're excited to, to bring it to the world. Thank you. I'm going to look, I'm going to look into this for my own self in my coaching business. <laughs> it's amazing, brother. It's so, uh, it's, this is awesome.